0: You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be, so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us, or visit us in person each Sunday at ten thirty a.m. and Wednesday at six thirty p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thanks, Joe. Oh, God's good. You turn this down a little bit, thank you. Sorry, I was just a little tinny. <clears throat> yeah, we could get our declarations up there finally, right? Yeah. This first time. I just, wherever where'd Rachel go? She she was in the restroom brag on her. She doesn't I guess she doesn't need to be here to brag on her, but we just downloaded Pro Presenter seven this week and so it's a big learning curve. It enabled us to, to be able to do more and and she had had like very limited time and, and learning anything and she boy, took it upon herself to download it at home and go over it and um, as a yeah, I was like, thank you, Jesus. It was just a, she did an amazing, amazing transition to be able to enable all this stuff, and some of that doesn't mean a whole lot to some of you guys, but to us it's a really, it's a really big deal, um, so we're we're grateful, grateful for, yeah, it was good, thanks, Jesus, who else was I going to brag on, oh, I got a couple of testimonies from last week, so I had two people that reached out to me, one of them was uh, Sam Long, so there's a word of knowledge about pain in the bottom of the foot, and uh, Sam Long's, later Sunday night her pain came back it had left it came back and she just said out loud out of her mouth I'm not partnering with pain and the pain left and hasn't come back <laughs> I thought we had that into our we had that into our teaching right and uh, another uh, young lady uh, had text and said that her pain she had had it for two weeks in the bottom of her foot it was constant and and uh, completely gone, so yes, Jesus, it was good. Rachel, I, I bragged on you, but you'll have to go back and listen to the recording. <laughs> it was good, it was about your uh, just downloading ProPresenter 7 ahead of time and working on all that and getting all that done, it was a big learning curve for, so, and you went ahead and took that upon yourself, so we're grateful for it. Yeah, where's Nikki at? I got a I got a word for you. Um, So I saw um, I saw a Mom of the Year award from heaven upon you for your example that you're setting as a mom, and I felt like that there's a book on the inside of you, and I I saw the name of it. I'm not saying you you got to name it this, but it was uh, from Toddlers to Tigers, Uh, and it was it was in the book was a um, a compiling of all the things that you've learned. Uh, that you and Owen are, are walking out, but that you've uh, taught your kids, what you've taught Ellen Stokely and what you're continuing to teach them of what it looks like to to live in the miraculous um, at just a, a few years old um, and how that's going to be the catalyst into. And also I see in the book um, is that there's this um, section that's dedicated to identity. And it's um, how to show uh, kids what, what it looks like to, uh, not just in what you say to them, um, but how you treat them and how you live in front of them uh, in the midst of when not because we all know not everything goes right in our day to day lives. But ha- how you set an example in day to day chaos, uh, especially with with having uh, twin two year olds. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I just felt like that there's this applause of heaven that I could hear over you um, for the adjustments that you've made on the fly. I feel like that there's this enormous grace that's coming on your, on your life to show people what it looks like. It's like a grace that's impartable to show people what it looks like to adjust your your day-to-day on the fly so that you can make room for God uh, in, in, the, in the moments that you have. Instead, uh, you, c- you had an opportunity to complain about the moments that you, you don't have or the time that you don't have or how busy your schedule is, uh, but you've learned to discipline yourself and actually carve out time uh, to dedicate to Him and the intimacy that you're modeling now. Uh, I, I just feel like that for generations, people are going to talk about this. So Father, I thank you for, for Nikki. I thank you for the example that she is to all of us, um, not only as a mom, but just as a daughter, a daughter of God, um, also a good spiritual mother in this house, all that she means to, to revive the world and all, all that she's done. Uh, to sow into the culture, we just bless everything, uh, bless the book that's in her, books that's in her, uh, all the things that she's uh, been writing, I thank you for for songs, and um, all that stuff that's coming out of her, that's, that's coming into her from heaven, and it's all coming because she's being intimate and connected to your heart in the day-to-day, uh, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, amen. Yes, made her cry. <laughs> if you didn't know, that was the goal. <laughs> That's the new goal of the prophetic. It's not actually to build up and to push forward and to encourage. It's actually just to make cry. That's not true. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Because that could, you could make somebody cry and it not be Jesus at all. <laughs> Thank you Lord. Good to be able to have fun, right? Have you ever just been as a teacher, as a singer, as a Bible teacher or a singer or just a public speaker? Have you ever just been so excited that you just wanted to you just get up and just just yell, just scream? <laughs> That's it's like you don't know how many notches I am like <laughs> bringing it down to so that I can communicate and not just lose my mind uh, in a good way. So I'm going to read some Bible to you. If you want to turn, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation um, in 2 Corinthians 3, and I think I'm going to start in verse 11, and I'm going to read down um, probably through the end of the chapter. And I want to talk to you today uh, about glory. And so I want to differentiate the glory that we customarily talk about in, in Christian circles and a lot of times when somebody mentions glory, they think uh, what we give to God when he does something, right? We give God the glory. In other words, that would translate as credit. We're giving God the credit for the things that he does. When, when somebody gets healed, uh, when there's a, a prophetic word that's accurate, uh, when somebody gives their life to Jesus, you know, the long list of things that only, only God can do. Right? Without him, it's impossible. We don't ever want to have a service. I don't ever want to have a day in my life, and I've had plenty, where he's not necessary. Where I could just live my day-to-day and and he wouldn't need to be included and it wouldn't have looked any different. And so that's when I, oftentimes, people tell me, thank you, whatever great message, okay message, that message was pretty good. people don't ever say that. that's that may be what they think sometimes, but then they just don't say anything at all. but, <laughs> but they say you great message, all oh, that word was amazing. Thanks for praying for me. Jesus healed me and um, I just say you're welcome, all right I don't I, I used to have a religious response to it. I had to say because I was just terrified of somehow, like touching God's glory. Somehow I'm going to, you know, but I I'll let you know that he 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 knows the intentions of your heart and he's he's not really worried about that. <laughs> like he he is uh not up there like on a daily basis waiting to see how much uh glory he can get from your life. How much credit are they going to give me today? Was it enough? Was it I'm I'm having a little fun with it, but I just want you to know that his his focus is he's not a glory hound. Right. Like he's not. Am I making sense? That's that's not who God is. So I just say I just I just say you're welcome. And when I get alone with God, this this is my process. And I just say, here, this is what belongs to you. I because I, I realize that apart from him, I can't I can't do any of this stuff. Um, and so. It's it's acknowledging our dependency on Him, me walking in who I am on a daily basis in oneness and in partnership with the Holy Spirit, who I am as a son and being loved to the world around me will bring him more glory than anything else. Right. For every one of us. That's what that's the goal. And so today I'm not talking about the kind of glory that we would give to God or the credit we would give to God for something that happens in the realm of what we would deem supernatural, miraculous. Today, I'm, I'm talking to glory. If you'll bear with me uh, for the next 30 or so minutes, um, I want to talk about glory in reference to value. So bear with me, but every one of us have been assigned a value, a valuation. There's been a valuation that has been fixed upon us, a, a price that we're worth. Some of us have uh, bowed down to the, the price tag that people have put on us by um, where we've come from or how much education we have or the job that we have or how much we've accomplished. And none of those things are bad things, but when they come to me allowing me getting my value from something, it's an, it's an awful thing. It's a terrible place to get my value from. It's okay to be, to be proud in, the good, in, in a good way of, of accomplishments and all of those things and setting good an example of what it looks like to work hard and maintain a job for X amount of years and being faithful in that place and all those things. All, all those things are important. But my value and your value and the world's value was, is only found, truly found, when it's the true value, it's found in Jesus. He fixed an evaluation or a value upon, a price tag upon, what the whole world is worth at the cross. And nobody can do anything about it. It's it's the only value that you and I, as Christians, we know better. Once we know truth, we are responsible for that level of revelation that we have. And so once we know better, we no longer get the the right uh, or to fix any other value upon ourselves than what Jesus paid for us. Now, I realize that that's a process for all of us in, in our upbringings and our, the, the way that we've been taught and maybe even uh, church life and all of those things where they teach us to, to beat ourselves down and say that we're nothing, that we're useless and that we're worthless. I'll guarantee you that God doesn't get any glory from that. All right. If, if you're Ephesians 2.10, if you and I are God's masterpiece, that's what it says. We're God's masterpiece. He, he, thinks, he thinks very highly of us. And I'm not saying you, that we should think highly of ourselves in the bad sense, but I need to, to realize the sobering reality of truth of what I am worth in Jesus. Because it's going to do the world, my family and the world, a disservice if I do not know my value and my worth in Him. And and so let's let's read. Um, uh, I said I was going to start in verse 11, the Passion Translation. Second Corinthians three. The fading ministry. Let me throw this out here, if you guys don't know, because I don't want to read a whole bunch of scripture for time's sake. But Paul is talking about the Old Covenant. When I'm just getting ready to start in verse 11, he's talking about the fading ministry or, or, the, the, uh, or the, the law or the ministry written on stone tablets. Uh, and he's referencing Moses. Are you all familiar with when Moses uh, went up on the mountain and he'd come down in his face? Uh, he had spent that, those, that time with God at 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain in the glory, in, in the presence, a different type of glory. Uh, what we would call uh, the Shekinah glory uh, when a dwelling place and the presence of God come together it's not a biblical word but it's the only word that they could find they made that word up so that they could make a word for the visible tangible presence of God and so he spent that time in there and he comes down and they don't even want to look at him because his face is shining so brightly that's serious I don't know about you but I've never seen that before I've I've heard about somebody staring at somebody and their face changing into the face of Jesus in a moment. They're seeing, they're literally, I think they're just seeing past the skin, right? And they're seeing the Jesus that's in that particular person in that moment. I've I've heard of that and I've seen that happen. Or I've been in the the small group when it it did happen. Um, But what Moses, uh, it was not something that they had to look at with spiritual eyes. It was something that vis- visibly changed his countenance. That's serious, right? Uh, I said serious and Siri tried to come up. So, <laughs> they just, He just wants to help. Verse 11. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. So then, with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth. Verse 13, we are not like Moses, who used a veil to hide the glory to keep the Israelites from staring at him as it faded away. Their minds were closed and hardened, for even to this day the same veil comes over their minds when they hear the words of the former covenant. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it is only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah or Jesus. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. Verse 16, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. Verse eighteen: We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into this, into His very image, as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Yeah, Father, we thank you so much for these next few moments. That We just ask that you'd give us revelation that's going to bring transformation to our lives. We want to look more like you. We want to love like you. We want to be able to give like you. Ultimately, we want to be able to see. We want to be able to see through the eyes that you've intended every one of us to see through. So thanks, Holy Spirit, for helping us out with that. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Alright, hang on, I'm going to try to talk this out with you, okay? And so Moses had a veil that he put over his face because they didn't want to look at the glory or the, actually his countenance that was shining. We'll call it the value. He gained value when we spend time with God. There's an intimacy with God. There's, there's transformation that takes place. If there's not transformation that takes place, when I spend time with God, then there wasn't heart connection that took place. There wasn't a relational connection because I'm not going to God with just a list of things that I want from him, like a genie in the bottle so that I can, I can rub it and get what I want, and I'm not going to gain knowledge even though revelation is important, but revelation outside of relationship will only cause me to be prideful and be something that I hope will win me arguments or show you that I'm right and you're wrong. And that's not the goal of Christianity either. But the goal is relational connection with him. And when that is my main goal, then that is what what, transformation is, what takes place. Moses, even though he was under an inferior covenant, went into up on the mountain with God and connected with him even through the law, which is incredible and he comes down, covers his face, but the glory, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, is the glory or the transformation that took place was something that was fading away. It was not something that could be lasting because it could only be lasting once the perfect sacrifice came. And so Jesus comes and he humbles himself. It says in Philippians 2, you can read it for yourself, in verses 5 through 8, 9, 10... We find out that Jesus becomes a man. This is where we get that he walked the earth as a man. He was fully God and fully man at the same time. But he walked the earth not as God. He walked the earth as man, full of the Spirit of God. And this this is where we get that reference from. And so he, he decides, chooses not to walk in his deity, in his authority as God, so that he can fulfill everything that's been preordained since before time. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, right? And so this was not plan B, this was plan A. And he, he's coming to fulfill that. In Philippians 2, it says that he humbles himself. It was not enough that he, remember, he was God, and he comes down to be Man, I mean, that is humbling enough in in and of itself. He's humbled himself to come down into uh, what is a fallible human existence. Never sins, but still chooses to come down into to be like you and I. To set an example for us, to show us what the Father looks like, and to pay the price that nothing else and no one else could pay for sin. And so he's able to do that, but it says it wasn't enough for him to just become man, but he actually goes lower and he humbles himself. He's obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, because death on the cross was, it was a criminal's death, the death of a Thief, the worst of the worst, were crucified. And he humbles himself. And at this point is where he shows us what it looks like to fix value upon mankind. It takes humility. And so he humbles himself to the point of death, goes to the lowest place. And from that place, he puts the price tag on us and says, this is what you're worth you're you're worth you're worth my life. And the Father's saying you're worth, my son. And heaven is saying you're worth you're worth everything. We sent you everything that we had, everything that we could, everything that you needed. This is the price tag that you've got now fixed upon your life. And so from that place we learn a lesson and go back to 2 Corinthians 3 is that there's a glory that came with the New Testament or the New Covenant. And that glory was through Jesus, and for the sake of what we're conversating about, it would be the value that was fixed upon us because of the covenant that was made through the blood of Jesus. That now it's a new day, is that I don't have to earn my value through keeping the law and then being punished through it, but the value is actually given to me through grace, by by grace, through faith, and Jesus puts it upon me, and I can't do anything to earn it right we've settled that right none of us can do anything which means that that i can't be better than you you can't be better than me the i can't be right i can't be better than the world i can't there's no more value on me than it's on them or on you or anybody else it's on the whole world it's not decided by what someone does where they come from the way that they're living right now what they're thinking the choices that they make value is not placed upon people by They're earning it. It is placed upon them solely because Jesus says they're worth it. We call it a culture of honor. right? And so there has to be a culture created on the inside of me if I am going to release it to the world around me. And so I have to understand my value in him, that when the veil was removed from my eyes in Jesus, the veil was lifted in that moment when the Father drew me to him and showed me what I was worth, right? The veil is lifted in the new covenant, that's what it says. And when that that veil is lifted, then I'm able to see. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to be able to see. And one of the first things that's important for me to see is be able to see what he looks like, See who the father truly is and learn that intimacy is my heart is to be my heart's cry forever. And immediately my first interaction with him should be encounter, not just information. We are doing people a disservice when all I do is tell you about Jesus and get you to pray a prayer. And there's no actually introduction into meeting him. Because then I just have, because that first interaction is key to foundation of where I will live from until somebody corrects it. And so if I only feed you information, then my relationship is going to be informational. But if I give you both information and encounter, then I'm going to be con- you're going to be connected to the heart of the Father and I'll realize what this thing is really about. And through intimate-, intimate connection, I see who I am in him. Right? Because I see that he actually wants to connect with me. He didn't send Jesus because he was, he was, he was mad at me and Jesus was just, you know, he went ahead and took my place. Uh, because there wasn 't any other choice, but I find out that he sent Jesus so that he could so that I could know him, we could know one another the way that he designed the world to actually be okay so <laughs> when this veil is lifted off of me and i 'm able to see my own value through that this look at what it says, it tells us that then we become like. Mirrors, reflecting the glory of the Lord Jesus. And so my, on my daily responsibility is to arise and shine. To, to reflect the glory of the Lord on a daily basis. What would it be like if I no longer got up just to be a dad or a mom? I didn't get up just for my kids or my job or my wife or my... You ever done that before? Like, I just get up because I got to go to work. I just get up because I, and I realize I'm not talking about responsibility. I'm talking about reason why I wake up in the morning. Why do I get up? Have I got into the habit of I just wake up to do this? I just wake up because I'm trying to earn a living for my family or I'm just trying, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I just do this for my kids. I just do this for my wife. And then they've missed, the, and those aren't bad things, but then I've missed the whole point of my existence. If I was created, you were created to wake up in the morning and actually look like and be love in every single situation. So I get up to show people, I actually get up to give. I get up to give love, I get up to reflect the glory of the Lord. I get up, and and knowing my own value, because the veil's been lifted off of me, there's a responsibility that comes to me in that moment, and it is to show other people how valuable they are. We call it honor. In the New Testament, 1 Peter 2.17, it tells us to honor all people. And then he says to honor the king which is a little tagline. We we won't address that at the moment, but it's important because the king was included in in all people. I'm I'm not great at English, but I do do realize what all means. (laughs) And so the king was included in honor all people. But Peter says, and honor the king. If you know who Nero was, he was king at that moment, and it was important that he emphasized that. It's just important that we emphasize that in every generation. But the word honor actually means in the Greek to fix the correct value to. So when I honor you, because honoring to some people looks like respecting, which is a form of worldly honor. But in the kingdom, it's actually me showing you what you're worth in Jesus, and it's not by your actions or by your choices or by your beliefs or by what you did to me or by any of those other things is that my responsibility now actually becomes to show you how valuable you are in him regardless of where you're at in the moment and so this what this is the way that I see it there's there's opportunity for us to be able to show the world what they look like before they even know Jesus through honor. And I've found that it's not nearly as difficult to show strangers how valuable they are in a one-time interaction on the streets as it is to do to the people that I know on a daily basis that are around me that I actually see their life. Right? I'm not impressed with a prophetic word that, somebody, that you give to a stranger, that I give to a stranger, that I'll, I may never see them again, have never seen them before, about how amazing they are. I'm way more impressed when you can see the value of the person around you that's acting up, treating you poorly, got an attitude, sassy, all those things. And, then, and you're still able to show them how valuable they are in him. There's this amazing scripture in Proverbs 18, uh, verse 12. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. In other words, pride comes before the fall. For he won't see glory until he sees humility. He won't see glory until he sees humility. Let me... Add this into Romans 3.23. Who's ever used this as an evangelistic verse? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? Great, great verse. Um, Really important. Here's a different way instead in the Passion Translation. For all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. For all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God everyone needs to see the valuation that's been fixed upon them because when that takes place it breaks the power of lies that have been placed upon us the people the things that people say about us they've categorized us the things that we've believed our own terrible self talk that we've had at times i know nobody in this room has that anymore but the 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 criticism and the the valuation that we fix on ourselves when we you know we're our own worst critics, right? That's I'm. You're in good company. I do, I have done that, and I I've gotten away from that um, now for some years. And it was through something that I heard somebody say is that if you wouldn't counsel somebody else with it, then you shouldn't counsel yourself with it. And I thought that's a, that's a good word, and I I started listening to myself, talk to myself internally as I was doing things or I would mess up or you know not do something well in a particular area or, or or not love somebody as well as I could have or miss an opportunity, and then I would have this terrible self-talk, and I thought, wow, I can't counsel anybody with that. Then I shouldn't counsel my own, my own heart with it because it's not actually going to do me any good. It's not actually going to empower me. And see, that's what takes place. When I fix a value, because it's easy for us to think is that when all, all I see is, is the value that Jesus placed on you, I am solely av- I am, I am avoiding, let me say it like this, I'm avoiding all of your shortcomings and where you mess up. That's a whole another conversation, but it is more powerful for me to empower you, and if there's things that need to be addressed, we'll get to those at some point, but only if we have relationship. But for the person who doesn't know Jesus, I don't address those issues at all. Because I found out when I show them how valuable they are. And they are brought into an encounter with him. The, it's like they're getting a glimpse in that moment. Because they've come into the, the metron or the sphere of influence that we each carry. The presence of God. Dave Noel calls it our revival circle. And when you get, when you get in this, in this metron. I believe that there's opportunity for the veil to be lifted in that moment. When my focus is showing them what Jesus already says they are. And they get an opportunity right there, whether it's sowing seed, whether it's watering seed, God's going to bring the increase. Regardless of of what stage I get to be at in the process, I just need to do what I'm supposed to. And then they get the chance to see who they were created to be. In in that moment, it can break the power of all the lies of the false identity. Because most choices that are made, you can categorize them into two, area, two, two categories. Is that if I, if I look like Jesus, if I'm making choices that are inside of kingdom living, that are inside the bounds of love, then I've operated out of my identity. If I've made choices that are outside of love, then I've operated outside and I've operated in an orphan mentality or you can say the, the former state or the or the flesh or actually never what I was never created to be. And so it's easy so that it's not nothing in the kingdoms complicated. And so then when I operate on on this hand outside of love, it, it points me back into into love. But for the person who doesn't know Jesus yet, the only thing they know is to operate outside of love. But when I show them that that wasn't what they were created for, by showing them how valuable they are, whatever that looks like in that moment, it gives opportunity for course correction and breaking the power of the old man or the old person or the thing that they weren't supposed to be in the first place this is how I see we do it, because there has to be practical application to revelation, right? And so practical application is this, is that for us to be able to see the glory, it says there in Proverbs 18, is that I must be humble. I must demonstrate humility. What is humility? It's actually dependency. It's my acknowledgement of my dependency on God. It's honestly what we talked about when we started this house. It's giving God glory. It's, that's, it's humility. It's realizing that apart from you, I can't do this. I need you. I am dependent on you. And I'm grateful that I have you and that you're not leaving. That we're one. That we're actually going to live this thing out for the rest of my days as one. That this is what I was created for. This is my new nature. Old things have passed away. All things have literally become new. I've got access to everything that I need for this life. I've got the grace that I need. I've got everything that I need. He poured out Romans 5.5. 5. He poured out love in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got, I've got, I literally have everything. I've got Holy Spirit. And we are to live this thing out seamlessly on a daily basis. And I know outside of him, I'm not able to live this life because my new nature is only in him. And so my acknowledgement of that is Humility but also my acknowledgement of who I am as a child of God, as a son or as a a daughter. Whatever it is, my acknowledgments, not me saying that I'm, I don't have time to cover what I was getting ready to, (laughs) me acknowledging that I am a son and that I am worth what he paid for me. Not by my own merits, but because that's what he tells me. That's what his word tells me. And so when I acknowledge that, it breaks the power of all that false humility that sometimes we get taught of what humility looks like, but it doesn't actually look like that at all. And then when I get in that place, it's actually a low place because that's what Jesus demonstrated. He came and demonstrated the lowest of all, which opened his eyes to the value of the world. And so when you and I, do that, we humble ourselves, then we're able to see the glory that are, that's on other people. As it says that we increase, let's go back to, we wrap this up with going back to 18. We can all draw close to him with a veil removed from our faces and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured In his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'm going to add another scripture into that in just a second. But this is, what what if, I'm just going to pose a question. I'm not making a theological statement or a, or, or a, a new revelation. I'm just posing a question. But what if, because it says that as we are transfigured, we increase in, or as we increase in glory, we're transfigured into his image. What if as I stay in humility or humble myself on a daily basis and I recognize the glory that you carry and I fix that value upon your life, that it actually increases me in glory, which brings more transfiguration into the image of Jesus. What if it's all about what I give away that brings greater transfiguration and greater glory upon me? Because it was always meant to be given. Not something that I just received because I already have what I need. The veil's already been lifted. I, all, my eyes have already been opened. Now we see in the Lord. And so now that I see, I'm able to do because I've become responsible for that level of revelation. What if as I walked around and I just was able to show you what, you, what you're worth, I was able to, to, to hold that mirror up to you. It wasn't about me just reflecting glory to the world and look how spiritual I am. Uh, but it's actually about me on a daily basis being a reflection of the glory of the Lord so that you can see, so that the world can see who they were created to be. And this is what I see that bringing. John 17, the most powerful prayer that we have in all of the Bible. And and the Apostle John captures Jesus' prayer for oneness in John 17. And I'm just going to read two verses out of the NASB (coughs) in verse 22 and 23. We doing all right? My wife was vocal. <laughs> I'm just trying to maintain calm. If we had a bigger building and a stage and all that, I might, you know, yell a little more. I don't know. <laughs> right now, it just feels like, you know, if I, if I yelled, but the third row, you might get spit. <laughs> you know, right now, you're just only in danger of it right here. I don't ever want you to feel that like I'm yelling at you, but sometimes you just get I don't know about you, but truth just excites me yeah. like i don't I don't know i I don't know your expectation of of pastors and leaders or your teachers but if if truth doesn't energize me and excite me, you better check my pulse <laughs> my private life i don't you better do some research because it has brought a freedom that is, I, I can't even, there's nothing to compare it to. It's not a freedom that, that, that makes a good message on Sunday or on Wednesday or at a conference. It, it's not a freedom that just helps you to articulate a great prayer uh, before dinner, which all those prayers should be short. <laughs> Come on. As you're lifting the food, you're like, thank you, Jesus. Amen. (laughs) It's not not a freedom that is to, to make me look better. It's a freedom that has actually completely liberated me from everything that I was never supposed to be. Like, it's... It's the kind of freedom that people catch you smiling and they're like, why are you smiling? I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't even know I was smiling. My face is just like this now. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's freedom that, al- that allows you to go down into the lowest of places regardless of what you go through life. And it still may be hard and, and you still cry and you still may have questions. And all of those things that we all walk through. But it is a freedom that will bring you out this other side of every situation you ever go through stronger. It we'll realize that could, because the crushing and the squeezing and everything that we walk through, it actually develops in us greater godly character. So I come out with more joy. I come out with more peace. I come out with more Holy Spirit power. It's like no matter what, every season is to develop greater anointing, right? Greater grace. It's like... Every season should do that to me. It's what we were made for. John 17. I'm going to prevent myself from yelling it. John 17, verse 22. The glory which you have given me. This is Jesus talking to the Father. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one. One. Glory came for a purpose, right? It's not just to look at, but it's to create unity because that's the goal of the kingdom. Unity is always the goal. Unity with the Father and unity with one another. Regardless of differences of opinion, theological viewpoints, denominations, unity has always been and always will be the goal. It's why the glory of the Lord is upon us. Because when I see you, your value for who you truly, truly are, and, and I focus on that, all it, wants, it makes me want to do is connect with you, right? But when I look straight solely from, from, from man's eyes, from a human viewpoint... It was called an informational viewpoint, not a, not a connection, not an encounter viewpoint. When I look just solely from the information that I have, I will judge you by, the, by what you believe, uh, by how you talk, by how you dress, by how you look, by where you come from. But come on, like you know you have those thoughts at times still. I know you're good Christians and you're holy and you love people. But you've clutched your purse a little tighter when the thug walked through the store. you I'm just being honest, right? You know, I know it's true. Or the scary guy that uh, he looks crazy. I got friends that look sc- I know I got friends that you wouldn't want to see in a dark alley, but they love people more radically than anybody I know. And it, it would just be a quick judgment to to size them up and see the tattoos on their necks and, and, and faces. And, and they, they just look scary. And at one point in time, they, they were scary. But Jesus got a hold of their hearts. And so it causes me to look at you by the exterior. You know, it says something about that in 2 Corinthians 5, is that we no longer judge people by their what's on the outside. <laughs> we no longer do that, not because it, it's just your responsibility. This is just how you're supposed to live. No, it's because God's opened our eyes to see something that's deeper than what's on the surface. The glory which you have given me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me. This is it right here. Let me read verse 23 <clears throat> again. I in them and you and me that they may be perfected in unity so that there's a reason for unity, right? There's a reason for glory brings us into unity. There's a reason for unity. He's getting ready to say it. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. It's not enough that the world knows. Like I'm not trying to prove historically that Jesus came. It's as documented, if not more so than any other thing in history. I'm not trying to prove that when I am only solely trying to prove that. And I know that that can have its place and and all those things. But my life is not trying to prove just that Jesus came. But it's to prove that he was sent because the the Father loves the world. It's at John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Not that God just loved us and God just wanted to create an amazing church and and a bride and just, you know, scrap the rest of the thing. It's because God so loved the world. It's the glory to unity. And then in unity, we effortlessly show the world what love looks like. Because it's not enough for me to be able to point it. It's not enough for me to walk up to you and quote John 3.16. Right? I know the word has power and the word's important. But I, we've all watched the, the word void of action. And it means very little. I've had people tell me, I'm tired of, of you telling me about stuff in that book. I want to see it. I've, I've no, I knew a guy that whose dad was a pastor that he became a Muslim. And I said, why would you become a Muslim? It didn't make any sense to me. And we were able to have this conversation. And he said, "He said, it's because I grew up in the church, and I read about all these things in this book, and I didn't ever see any of them. And then, then what's the difference? I like this information better than I like this information. This information fits my life better than this information. Because information alone won't change me. But love will. Right? Love will. And the word was written so that it could be a love letter upon the hearts of sons and daughters of God lived it out on a daily basis. It comes through humility. It comes by us humbling ourselves and recognizing the glory and the value that's upon every single person's life. If you would stand with me. My gosh, he's good. If you if you if you don't feel like he's good today, if you're just in one of those places, that, that uh, I, have you ever? I, I've seen people that were so happy that it just made me mad because they because I because the place I was at in my life. You ever been there before? I know you're probably too spiritual for that, but it's. I've been and I, I, you know, and I've questions and I've wondered if it was a show and if it was an act and all that. And I, I know i <clears throat> I used to read people for a living before it was a prophetic gifting. I used to, you know, I I get all that. I want this to be a, a message of hope, because if it's available to one or a few, it's available to all. And it's not complicated it's not i got to work my way into this. I've got to attain this. It's really, I, I talked to a friend last night. And we were talking about how do I get from point A to point B. Point B is, is essentially in, in this relationship with Jesus. Excuse me, where I experienced the transformation that I was made to. And it comes through this one thing and it's surrender. As I just say yes to him. And I say yes to him today with my life and I lay it down and I, and I actually, I want to connect with him. I make my Christian life about connection with God. Really. I get somebody to teach me what that looks like if I don't know. Right? I get somebody to disciple me. Don't expect somebody to just walk up to you and see if they can disciple you. That may happen. That may not happen. Seek people out. Do you have time in your life to disciple me? Who can do this thing together? Right? This is, This is daily kingdom living. And then tomorrow I get up and I do the same thing. I get up in the morning, every morning I just say, Jesus, I just thank you that I get to live today. I get to live. I have life. That may mean more to me than it does to some of you. But today I have life and I give this little life that I have. I know you can make a significant impact with a little life, but I give it to you and I let you have it. I just surrender it to you. Every morning, I'm waking up every morning now with this. I just thank you that I get to love. And I'm waking up (laughs) <laughs> I'm waking up just to love, love people, just love people. Not waking up to go to punch to a clock, to get somewhere on time, to meet with somebody, to whatever it is. All that stuff that we get to do, we get to parent, we get to, you know what I mean, be married, we get to have a job and all those things. When I get up to love, it will add value to my life in all those areas. All right? So don't hear that I'm saying those things aren't important. They are but they become, I actually add more value in those places when I wake up for the right reason. Just surrender, that's it. It's really, I mean, it's really practical. I'm thankful that it's practical, because if it wasn't, I probably wouldn't be this happy. So, Father, we thank you so much that you've made, that you have uncomplicated the kingdom for your kids, for all people. We thank you that right now we have an opportunity to humble ourselves, to realize our dependency on you, to, to go low so that our eyes can be open to the glory, the value that other people have. We thank you that you've put us in a position to do this and that you are doing it with us, that we're not doing it for you. So thank you right now for eyes being open. Thank you that the veil has been lifted in Jesus. Thank you that we are from this point forward where they're going to rise. We will arise and shine. We will show people what they look like. We will wake up to love. <laughs> we will wake up to give. We thank you that you're changing things in hearts right now. There's, yeah, there's heart connections that are going deeper in this moment with you, Father. Yeah, it's just about surrender. You can surrender in this moment. Just say, yes, I, I let you have it. i let you have this life, every area of it. I surrender it all to you. I realize my dependency on you. I don't want to try to do this thing without you anymore. It's too hard. I'm too miserable. I don't have joy. I don't have peace. Whatever it is, brings that all that with him when he takes up residence on the inside of us. So we thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for fresh downloads. If you would, do that Romans 5-5 thing in everybody's heart all over again. That you'd enlarge our capacity and that you would pour out more of the love of the Father. That our focus would be shifted in this moment. That lies would be broken about why we exist. About why we're here. About why we wake up every day. That those lies will be broken and replaced truth in this moment. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Spirit of Truth. Thank you for bringing course correction, overhauling thinking. Whatever it is that you need to do, we give you permission in this moment. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you that we're sin abounded, grace abounded so much more. <laughs> thank you that you've broken the power of sin nature. Thank you that you've broken the power of that thing, that we're no longer sinners, but we're sons and daughters. Thank you that you've made us holy because you're holy. Thank you that we're robed in your righteousness and we can't do anything about it. Thank you. Thank you for the value that you've placed on our lives. And for every person in the room and every person that's watching, that that's hard to believe right now. I just declare over you that it's gonna, that it's going to become easy. I declare over you every lie being broken of the value that's been fixed upon you by other people and or by yourself. And the Holy Spirit is showing you right now the value that you have in Jesus. That you are worth his sacrifice. You are worth his life. You're worth everything that he paid for you. The greatest change. Some call it the scandal of grace. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. (laughs) We're thankful it's due every day. Yeah. So as you're shifting things around in our hearts, we ask that you'd make a clean shot between our head and our heart. Yeah, we thank you that you're renewing minds. The mind of Christ. Going to become a reality for us all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, I speak peace to every body in the room and online. Peace. feel like there's people that are harboring unforgiveness against themselves. Harboring unforgiveness against themselves. It's deep down on the inside. Something you're having a hard time letting go of. I'm familiar. Today's the day to let it go. Holy Spirit's going to help you. are not in this thing alone. You're not doing it alone. You're not doing it by your own strength. <clears throat> I, feel he, I feel like he's bringing it to the surface right now. In this moment, you can forgive yourself. You have all the forgiveness that you need. We always teach people this, is that when you've been forgiven, you have all the forgiveness you need to give away in a lifetime. And more than that. So thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for helping every person that needs it to forgive themselves. To let go of that. It's not helping you. It's hurting you. Today that changes. Just believe in that for you. So thanks, Father, right now for the grace to forgive ourselves. Releasing that. Yeah. Releasing that against us. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the freedom that's coming. And on the heels of that. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus thanks God thanks for the grace to do all the things that we talked about today thank you we are so grateful in Jesus name thanks God thanks God prayer team if you would come we got some folks up here that want to pray for you if you need healing if you've got something going on in your body or in your life, and you haven't already got prayer, please don't leave until you get it. If you don't need prayer, or if you just need to stay in this place for the next few moments, feel free to to do that. We're not going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. If not, there's people that want to connect with you. Say hi to somebody that you haven't met yet, and, and connect with them, and we're grateful that you're here. Thanks for being online. Thanks for being in the room. Whatever you're able to do, we're just we're grateful that we get to be a part of your journey and we bless what God's doing in your life. Hopefully, we'll see you guys in this coming this coming Wednesday.